Hi everyone, and before we get going with this week's episode, I want to talk to you about the iOS app, Hello There. And yes, the temptation to do an Obi-Wan Kenobi impression there was very overwhelming. But Hello There is a beautiful greeting card organiser for iOS. Have you ever felt the struggle of deciding what to do with your cards you receive from family and friends? Should I throw them out, store them in a box in the attic, that kind of thing? Hello There makes it simple and fun to save and organise all your cards from all your senders. Built natively for iOS, Hello There is great for people looking to declutter and digitise their greeting card collection. Search the Apple App Store for Hello There greeting cards and download the app today. Okay, on with the show. It's the mystery of iniquity. Said it's the misery of iniquity. Said it's the history of iniquity. I saw Bruce Springsteen recently. Fuck's sake! Right. <laughs> we can't, I mean, that is that is that it? Are no, we doing it's not. No. <laughs> Went to a wedding at the weekend. Did you? Oh, how how was that? It's like one of those weddings where you are just such a background extra. You know, really. So, so you didn't was, was know it, anybody, right? I the the bride is a is a is an old friend of my wife's. Yeah, uh, I I've I know I've met her. I know. Her. How old is she? That's good. <laughs> um. The, her husband, I've I've met a, a few times. I got I got I've got to mention it. I um, Adam's just put Godzilla in front of the camera. So weird. Lucas there is telling is. about his wedding story. It's really good anecdote, which I assume ends in a great punchline. Um, yeah. To Godzilla's stupid. There's little mouth open. There's little mouth. <laughs> God, Lucas, tell us about your boring wedding. He's slightly face. cross-eyed, isn't he? He is, and he they're is. not equal. Like they're slightly skew yeah. as well. He's perfectly modelled after the one from uh, Godzilla vs. Mothra. Yeah, lovely. I like it. It's very it's goofy. Chunky. It's very yeah. silly looking. Was the wedding anything like Godzilla vs. Mothra? No. Uh, oh, but it's, oh. it's, just, it's just one of, you know, like, we all went to a wedding like this, right, where you're just like, yeah. you're such yeah. a background extra and you know nobody and literally I just you're spent... NPC. The whole day is just spent making conversation with strangers. Oof. Like, Oof. you're on a table with some people, you may... And and it's, and for all you like, you know, the people I could go on the table with might have been their the the bride and groom's closest family or friends, or they might have been other background extras. I would have no way of knowing because could ask them. You just don't know anyone. That's not the first thing you ask someone at a wedding. <laughs> yeah, how, 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 how do you know, do you know the bride and groom? How yeah, do you yeah. know them? How, yeah, yeah. It's just Always a, answer. I don't. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is good. Yeah, so that was my as my Saturday, and also or, July. I don't think I should tell you. Also July, you know, you you know you you pay a premium for a July wedding, right? You pay a premium for a summer wedding, but you know it's worth it. You pay you a premium it. from between May and fucking October. Yeah, yeah. yes, well, I got married can in March, I, mate. Can I just do and the so intro? you pay a premium for getting married in the summer, you. but obviously you know it's worth Boring. it because you get a lo- you get a lovely summer's day. Shit it down Fist, all day, Fist it down. all yeah. day. I felt so bad for yeah. them. poor guys. Is that a good and enough Godzilla, intro? Do you want to interrupt me? One of, that's one of the driest ones we've ever had, I All think. All right, do you, want me to, do you want me to wetten it up a little bit? It's, yes, it's, it's during, just... the, during the reception, I killed a man. Obsessed. He's obsessed with obsessed murder. murder. That is, but that was literally just, you told us what you did at the weekend. Hide in I... plain sight. What? The murders. Hello. <laughs> And welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. Another one? 
Should I come on? Join us for season five, which is called Do You Miss Lauren Hill? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact, and music of Lauren Hill. We're going through her entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And this season, we're, of course, asking, do you miss Lauren Hill? And to be clear, we're asking, do you miss Lauren Hill in regards to whether or not Lauren Hill has ever missed? Not, do you miss Lauren Hill in regards to whether or not you or I miss Lauren Hill, who you may or may not currently be missing? Just doesn't work. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. I haven't come up with one of these i love the artistry the emotion <laughs> and also the context that surrounds music and with me as always is someone who has said they don't care about art or talking about art doesn't often relate personally to music and i i will come up with one by the end it's lucas way that's me and in the middle of that, Jesus Christ, in the middle of that, we have someone who can appreciate context, art and subject matter, is just learning how to convey that in the form of words. And I still haven't come up with anything. It's Steve Murphy. That's me. Um, um, incredible. So uh, on this podcast, we're continuing to explore the discography of Lauren Hill. We are halfway through our deep dive into her sort of second album, but also sort of not her second album. It's kind of a live album, but also kind of the definitive version of the songs on that album that haven't been heard before the album was performed. MTV Unplugged number 2.0. I wonder how far we got. Probably further than we usually get, just because there's not so much deep stuff to talk about in terms of production uh, what what song do you reckon we got up to? I think we got up to outro. I reckon we got to an interlude. <laughs> interlude. To an interlude. Okay. Yeah. Also, One just a bit, five. just want to be clear what I was doing with that intro is I was, I was making it really kind of boring because form yeah. meets function. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean, but that's fine. Uh, let's Let's continue. Let's continue with the album. Let's continue with the album with this song or spoken word interlude. Mm. I don't know if I should play this one like like this or with the chords. I just want you around. I just want you around I just want you around I just want you around Thought that I'd lost you I could hardly make a sound When I thought I couldn't hold you Knew the world had let me down Should've took the time and told you You keep my feet on the ground I hoped you can hear me Cause I know it's not profound Again, a little cool little riff, absolutely riff-tastic that is... I've written jaunty. Yeah, it's jaunty. It's a jaunty little fucking riff. I've written ditty. Yeah, Ooh, we've, all written stuff. we've all written stuff down and we're all reading it out. Yeah. <laughs> I've written something down and I'm describing what I've written down. But I, I also thought it's just, I thought this was a real breath of fresh air, to be honest, because it's just a nice little pop song. It has a nice vibe. It could be about love. 
could be about a relationship. Steve, it's more than likely it's about God, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think God is what she just wants around. But it has that kind of vagueness to it that I think, you know, was was it was a nice break from the specificity of what we've had so far, I think. Yeah, it was. it's a broad love song in terms of love about someone, love about God. Uh, I mean, it's definitely about God and her faith because there's the lines about this is my cross, now let me bear it. I was lost, but now I'm found. Like, yeah, but that could um, be, that, you know, she could be using the cross as a metaphor for being single and the person that she's found is her new partner and actually it's about love and it's closer to a Coldplay song. Mm, but mm, actually it's probably but actually it's just very literal. It's about God. Yeah. God, yeah. I, I, I do love how she says, if this was in the studio, I'd just fade it out. And she goes, ah, oh, that's it. Yep. <laughs> Stop. Stops it. Stop. Done. Which yeah. is also great because, again, I don't want to damn with faint praise or whatever. Four minutes, lovely length for a song, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bear that in mind. Just a yeah. lovely length for a song. <laughs> I do like that the, uh, she kind of, I mean, it's not, she doesn't do a shepherd's tone, but she does like a const, that, that, that guitar riff just keeps going up and up and up yes it does i like <laughs> that yeah. cool yeah. that's something isn't that something it's significant is it's what something. it is when you compared to just like another song with some lyrics that you I hear that follow you think that no we were standing no we've retired it Stop yeah but it. What, what i worked out though is that because we're not in the same room and i do the edit there's literally nothing you can do about it <laughs> <laughs> If he was in the same room, what do you think he would have done I think about he'd it? Punch my lights out. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if there's one thing I'm known for doing, it's punching yeah. people's yeah. lights so out. Luke is always going around lamping people. Yeah. Another light always, that's cool. Interesting. I'm always punching people. I've never punched anyone. Have you not? You did stamp no. on that kid's arm. You're more of a foot guy, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, that was different. <laughs> You're more of a yeah, kicker. Lucas is into feet, yeah. I reckon you would. You'd kick and you'd bite. I think that's what you would do. Uh, scrappy. I probably scrappy. would. I mean, if I was in a real life fight, I probably would yeah. kick, yeah. As yeah, like, yeah. I'd kick him in the balls as quick as humanly possible. No, I'd go into like karate poses and shout, hiya. <laughs> that's it. But actually, I'm just, actually just saying hello. I'd pull out the katana that <laughs> oh, yeah. I have on me at all sides. I've always got my katana on the inside of my trench coat and I just pull yeah. that out. You do. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Yeah. as well, haven't you? Yeah, 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 and you'd do something really complicated with the nunchucks, and then Indiana Jones would just shoot you. Yeah, 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 because yeah. he's there. Yeah, this he's Indiana Jones there. there, always there in our hearts. Um, yeah, that's true. Next song, hear something is called no. "I Got to Find Peace of Mind." You cannot stop me. You cannot stop me from doing it. Hear something. I got to find peace of mind. what that voice in your head says when you try to get peace of mind. Yep. Thanks. I Thanks, Lauren. Find yeah. peace of mind. <laughs> yep. Yep. I gotta find peace of mind. He says it's impossible, but I know it's possible. He says it's impossible, but I know it's possible. He says there's no me without him. Please help me forget about him He takes all my energy Trapped in my memory Constantly holding me Constantly holding me I need to tell you all All the 
pain he's caused. Um, it's I gotta find peace of mind. As she explains, I gotta find peace of mind is like when you're trying to find a peace of mind. Peter, like, fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> as she explains, as she explains at the start of the track, I gotta find peace of mind is when you are trying to find peace of mind. Yeah. That's what, That's I'm what she means. It's it's useful yeah. to have the explainers there, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. otherwise I might have fucking lost it, you know? Yeah. I'm going to lose it. Lose uh, your mind. Lucas is going to punch your lights out, that kind of Lucas, what do, you, what do you think of this, my guy? So when I was saying it was a nice change of pace to have these little picky riffs... That's bored, now become that's now become played out. Okay. I'm bored of it now because I've had like five in a row. Fair. Give me chords. So now give me no, no, something new. She's done chords. She's done picky. Do slide. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there's it, one okay. slide in this song. She does a little. Doo. Um. Most noteworthy. Most noteworthy part of the song, in my opinion. Um. I actually find this is one of the more. I mean, it helps <laughs> that the track is nearly ten minutes long, guys. Mm. But but this is probably one of the more dynamic songs in the album because. Gets to the bit where she's like saying anything is possible, and then it gets it gets heavy, doesn't it? There's a metal breakdown in it. There's change ups. There's change ups yeah. in moods, in dynamic, in melody. Um, and I also think it's nice that the little four minute pop song we just had is followed up by this like nine minute sort of sprawling yeah. epic. Um, probably my favourite one on the album, I think, because it really is just about Lauren. Like this is kind of the centerpiece for me. It's it's her struggles, it's her emotions, it's her relationships, it's her spirituality. It's all folded in this one song. It starts in that place of someone telling her that she can't do it on her own. You know, someone saying you need me, and her, and she is saying that she doesn't need him at all. Um, she says she needs to speak about all the pain that he's caused, and it's all very raw and it's unfiltered. At one point, she kind of stumbles over the words. I think she forgets them and then gets right back on it. And I think it's a great little performance and it's really difficult to talk about because it's nine minutes long and it sums up everything that you need to know about Lauren Hill in that moment. But there's that, there's that beautiful lyric um, that I think that I think really sums up where she is in this moment. Cause I think a lot of people said at the time, like, Oh, this is her having a breakdown. And actually I think that there's, this is, there's so much joy on this album. I don't think this is a depressing album at all. She seems, she seems like Mm. joyous on it. And there's a lyric in this, which is what joy it is to be alive, to get another chance. Every day is another chance to get it right this time. And I think there is an inherent sadness in that, but also this is Lauren 2.0. This is Lauren MTV unplugged number 2.0. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's, it's great. What I also realized, uh, I nearly said it while it was playing because I realized it as it was playing. And then I had to quickly find a YouTube video. and I thought I'd save it for the discussion. I think I like it so much because it reminds me of the present tense by Radiohead. Um, Specifically, oh, the, yeah. the the Tom York solo performance of it from Latitude 2009, which, to be honest with you guys, fucking any excuse to play it. It's the guitar. We did a whole season on Radiohead. You guys know that song. Uh, that literally just hit me about two minutes ago, and that might have a big part of it. Is that that central guitar figure reminds me of one of my favorite Radiohead songs? But did make the top ten, did it? Did not make top ten. It made the on mensch is what it made. 
Yes, indeed. Yeah. The right honourable mentions. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think this is a great piece of work. Understand it's not for everybody. It's nine minutes long. What can you do about it? I can't what do, are you do about it. it? I can't what are you going to do about it? Lucas might punch you, actually. I might knock your lights out. <laughs> it's one of my... Uh, it's and then you're there. podcasting in the dark. Oh, there's, a, there's a song about that, isn't there? Can't you're thinking of dancing in the. You're oh, still thinking about Bruce Springsteen. I'm you need to calm down. About Bruce Springsteen, man. I'm always thinking about him. That is the yes. end. The Whisperer. <laughs> the old fish. Is that something you called him? I hate yeah. that you use all these nicknames except for his actual nickname. The train. The tra- wasn't it the train master or something? Okay, okay, cool. It's just my favourite bit now. Master. <laughs> just give Bruce Springsteen it is. What, what is his actual nickname? Don't tell come me, on. in fact. No, come on, you must know. Steve, you must know. He's the bass. Yeah, okay. It's the boss, I think is what it yeah. is. Of course yeah, he's yeah. the boss. He's the boss, yeah. man. He's the boss. He's not the boss, boss, the boss man. Fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the boss baby. The boss no, baby, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Famously the boss baby. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's the end of disc one. Disc one oh. ends with I gotta find I got peace to of mind. Okay, well, get fucked. Uh, disc two starts. No, okay, go on, go on. Um, this is definitely up there with like one of the best ones on the album. Um, and also, you do mention there's a lot of joy in it. So much joy when she's at the end. What she's saying? What a wonderful, merciful God! She breaks down in tears. She's she crying. She gets a round of applause to kind of bring her back a bit. Um, and and but then it also kind of. When she's talking about all of that stuff around, I find it really hard to, even though like this is one of the best ones on the album, I find it really hard to kind of connect to songs that are about religion. And I found interesting uh, some of it to make me feel a bit uncomfortable. And that's not me going, oh, therefore she shouldn't be saying this. It's like that was an interesting realization about myself. Mm. Um, what can you do about it? Huh? What can you what do, you about, do it? about it? Well, Lucas, what are you going to do about it? Oh, God. <laughs> Um, no, that that's such a uh, raw and vulnerable moment to leave in your live album. I think that that when you're singing one of your songs, you break down into tears at the end of it. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that it ends on that. That's where disc one ends, and then disc two opens with a twelve minute spoken section, um, religion heavy as well. Uh, it basically goes through why she turned so heavily to religion that her interpretation of scripture is to get rid of everything that stands between you and your passion. Uh, Don't do things unless you're passionate about them. She talks about music becoming a burden to her and hating it and how she was overcoming that and trying to be her authentic self. She also talks about going to Walt Disney World uh, and seeing (laughs) the behind the scenes and draws that into her like metaphor for reality versus illusion you know the dirty work that people are doing so that others can see this perfectly pristine world that is Walt Disney World um and that she mostly just wants to be free is what I get from it from the whole 12 minute thing what I get is that she feels trapped or felt trapped and wants or wanted to be free uh and then she sings mystery of iniquity which I think is the one that we probably all know. Yeah, I don't think Steve does. Oh, maybe not. Said it's the misery of iniquity. Said it's the history of 
Indictments publicized, it's entertainment, the arraignments, the subpoenas, high-profile gladiators in bloodthirsty arenas, into the dragon, black robe, crooked balance, souls bought and sold and paroled for 30 talents, court reporter, catch the circus on the paper, file it in the system, not acknowledged by the maker, swearing by the Bible, blatantly blasphemous, publicly perpetrating that in God we trust, cross-examined by a master manipulator, the faster intimidator, receiving the judge's favor, Okay, let's just get out of the way. This is the one that I can sing because obviously it was very famously sampled by uh, the people's champion. <laughs> what? <laughs> the people's champion? Is that the what we calling him? No, Kanye West. The Brahma oh. Bull himself. Uh, uh, but it wasn't sampled, was it? It's interpolated. Let's hear it. Let's hear All Falls Down by Kanye West. Oh, it all, yeah. all falls down. This the real one, baby. I'm telling you, Southside, Southside, we gon' set this party off right. Westside, Westside, we gon' set this party off right. Man, I promise. She's so self-conscious She has no idea what she doing in college That major that she majored in don't make no money But she won't drop out her parents to look at her funny Now, tell me that ain't insecure R.I.P. Uh, it's Kanye West Yeah, fair Well, no, do, is, do, we, do we want the peace bit? Uh, I, I was Aww. saying rest in peace Yeah, oh, cool Yeah uh, Old like Kanye is so, it's so good uh, Anyway it's, such an old, it's an old song's first album, isn't it? That is off his first album. Yes, uh, couldn't get the sample from Lauren Hill. Uh, she said no, so he had someone cover it and used that instead because that is the loophole there. So that's Selena Johnson. You can hear. Uh, you can hear singing. Um, What's interesting is like that a track off of a acoustic live album had enough impact that it got sampled yeah. on a song. Did she do any singles from this? Was there any singles? Or anything like that? Uh, Mystery of Iniquity, this song got some radio play, but not enough to make a huge impact. This album, though, big deal for Kanye West, which we'll, which we'll talk about a little bit later, I, I think. Um, oh. Yeah. Probably also. Yeah. Well, I thought it meant later as in, like, I thought you were there hinting towards a Kanye no, West I season. I was going to just—I was just going to put the kibosh on that right away. I mean later tonight. That. I mean later tonight. <laughs> um, you can you can hear what an influence this was on Kanye, though the way that it merges the social justice element with the religious stuff—that's Kanye West all over. And now, until a bit later, we're going to stop talking about Kanye West and we're going to talk about this. Uh, it's it's good to have another rap song that yeah. is at this point taking on the justice system. I wonder how much of that was spurred on by her high-profile court case, uh, which she mm-hmm. no doubt 
felt wronged by, but it also brings in topics of race and discrimination, the justice system being designed to keep people down, and that idea of, of it going all the way to the top, you know, it goes all the way to the top. I think she references George W. Bush and and his stealing of the election that we talked about on uh, when we covered Radiohead's Held of the Thief. Uh, she says, empty traditions reaching social positions, teaching ambition to support the family superstition. When the son of perdition is commander in chief, the standard is thief. Brethren, can we can can we candidly speak? Nearly got all the way through that without uh, stumbling. But yeah. I'm no Lauren Hill. Let's let's put it that way. Also, orally harm to do bodily harm. Yes, also, also great. Yes, uh, this is incredible. Yeah, really good. It's insane. Like it's basically a cappella. You'll yeah, get... the guitar playing is so sparse. She'll just let it drop out, and then just—it's it, almost spoken word, kind of. Yeah, she's yeah. enunciating so well, and it's so clear, and it's, it's so like precise. Beat poetry, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's it's nuts. Like this is this is the, my favorite thing on the album because it was just so like, wow, what the fuck? I think you get that singy bit, and then what? F- four and a half minutes of verse mm. is is that right and then and then you get the kind of i felt i weirdly got a bit emotional when when uh she got through it and comes back in with that chorusy bit and everyone applauded because she got kind of just did this amazing thing and i was like wow like yeah it just really stuck out this is really cool actually um yeah 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 uh, love this I, I, you sort of said about the uh lyrical content and stuff but i guess there's there's parallels in there again you're talking about the, the court system and the legal stuff and judgment, but then I think she's making parallels with judgment from God no, as well. Yeah, and actually, yeah. yeah I think I she's really think, wow. Yeah. yeah, maybe. You yeah. might be onto something yeah. there, Steve. I don't know. I don't hey, know ma'am. if she's religious or not, yeah. to be honest with you. Hmm. I reckon there's a chance that she maybe was like interested. Raised in a religious household or, or, or maybe like had yeah. some in later in life had a bit of an academic interest in our father. The Lord, yeah. who art in heaven, absolutely. We're not being disparaging about uh, religion, by the way. It's just that neither of us, like n- none of us, are religious, really, are we? You don't know. I uh, mean, I can yeah. recite the Lord's Prayer in, t- in its entirety. Go on, then. Fuck me. Okay, one sec. Does it start with no? One he's sec. One sec. <laughs> I don't remember it starting with fuck me. <laughs> okay, one sec. Fuck one... me, our Father who art. No, I'm, I'm just. So I'm just doing some unrelated clicking. So. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed by heaven. By kingdom one. come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread, daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses or sins or something. Trespasses, and we, we forgive, forgive those, those who trespass, trespass against, against us. Tra- trespass against us. And lead us not into that's, temptation. That's the bit in, in the and when everyone's going, <laughs> And forgive us our sins. So, I don't know, I remember. I, I went to a C of E school. I had to see it quite a few times. So you can't do it, basically. Weird. Don't you think back at in it, innit? Weird. Yeah, it's very odd. They made me say that. Yeah. Yeah, ours yeah, wasn't yeah. A, uh, a a church school, and yet we did hymns and prayers. Well, hymns are... Cla- I, I remember seeing a clip on TikTok of a, um, like a, you know, like a musician who tours sort of thing, and his whole bit basically, is he does songs we did in assemblies. Sing Hosanna. And everyone in the crowd, fucking fucking loves it. Because everyone's pissed. (laughs) It's like, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna. Got the whole world in his hands. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has a great time. God, I am really just not 
in I, I, it's just stupid for me to be going out there and doing my original music isn't it no, yeah, nobody wants 100%. it everybody no, wants just go songs and... from assembly or i go watched a vlog mr brightside now L- lucas i've i've sent some of this video content your way uh what's his name is his name frank the stagman lad or whatever <laughs> it is <laughs> so, yeah. by the way steve for your stag do i'm thinking benadorm um <laughs> oh my God. i've been watching yeah, a, i watched a vlog uh, in benadorm and absolutely packed club for the entertainment that was on night uh, on that night i can't remember what his actual name was but it was billed as one man two legends first half of the set all tom jones second half of the set all elvis and that's it he doesn't do the costumes he's just a man in a black shirt with a microphone and he's not good he's he's fine he's he's absolutely fine but the crowd were loving it it was unbelievable do you know what else Benidorm is kind of rife with? It's horrendously racist comedians. Really? Class. I've seen clips of, well, like, stuff that you would be arrested for over here. Wait, sorry. You sorry. get arrested over here if you can't even say you're English anymore because you'll get did, arrested. Did, <laughs> sorry, did you, did you just suggest that maybe Benidorm had an overabundance of racists? I mean, you've got to play uh, to the unfathom- crowd. Unfathomable, Steve. <laughs> unfathomable thought. I suggested I suggested to Lucas that I was going to do, I think, your stag in Benidorm. And he was just like, I won't go then. I, I, would, I genuinely wouldn't go. Lucas, same. <laughs> it's, it's Adam in Benidorm. Oh, it's Adam by who, himself in Benidorm. Who wants to see that series? Everybody. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back to Lauren Hill. Uh, Adam lives in Benidorm. <laughs> by the, back to Lauren Hill. Back to Lauren Hill. <laughs> uh, she starts talking about uh, Ziggy Marley coming to visit her and talking about his own song, I Get Out. And just based on that title, Lauren writes this song in the shower the next day or something, which is crazy. It's called I Get Out. I get out. I get out of all your boxes. I get out. You can't hold me in these chains. I'll get out. Father, free me from this bondage Knowing my condition Is the reason I must change Your stinking resolution Is no type of solution Preventing me from freedom Maintaining your pollution I won't support your lie no more I won't even try no more If I have to die, oh Lord That's how I choose to live I won't be compromised can't be victimized no more I just don't sympathize no more Cause now I understand You just want to use me You say love then abuse me I get out uh, Very literal It's about breaking free from constraints She mentions boxes She mentions chains She mentions bondage Very specifically about racial discrimination This one uh, she she says the line, my condition is the reason I must change. Um, she talks about repression, fighting against it to get out of this system. I mean, it's, it's really well written. Um, psychological locks, repressing true expression, cementing this repression, promoting mass deception so that no one can be healed. I don't respect your system. It's great. She forgets it halfway through. And yeah, so I really like that. Yeah, I like it as well. It's really like yeah. raw and like loose. I, I yeah. responded to this one. Uh, very heavily. Uh, at this point, I am now. I've Whoop. reached my 
You've, I've reached yeah, my point yeah. now. Uh, nothing more interesting happens on this album more than some of the songs I've already heard. So well, I'll I'm tell just... you what, mate. You've got, you got three songs from the end. That's not bad. Yeah. Track yeah. 17, the classic track 17 rock song. For classic me, this one. track 17. <laughs> this is, uh... <laughs> I've, 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 I've seen you tap out on, like, on way shorter albums at about track four. Oh, don't get me wrong, mate. Yeah. I mean, I say it taps four. out. Bear in mind, I wasn't ever that engaged. Right. Yeah, like, okay. yeah. I think if there was, I, I genuinely think if you were to, I'm not to get to final thoughts, but like, this is the thing on the, uh, everything we've covered on this whole podcast that I'm the least like you to ever go back and listen to. I, I love that uh, because you're done with the album, you've got into final... Do you want to just give us your score now as well? <laughs> yeah, like, you wanna, yeah, what's your highlights? I mean, lowlights or anything from this onwards. <laughs> we um, can just wrap it up if you want for you, mate. Me and Steve will carry on. While you I two mean, chat, I'm just going to take the photo for the for the Discord. Okay, we never, yeah, okay, we never yeah. posted one today, did we? So I'm sure, sure right, yeah, fair. What I love about this is that Ziggy, her is it a brother-in-law? Uh, yeah, she said, oh, "I've got this great, I've got this great idea for a song. It's called this." And she's like, "Yeah, that's mine now." Yeah, no, that's actually. I'm gonna write that. You've actually. had a great idea. I've mm-hmm. had a great idea. My great idea is your great idea. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> Thank you. I like it though. A, a standout yeah. on the album for me. I think my two highlights oh, are cool. "I Get Out" and. Uh, uh, I got a fine peace of mind, and obviously my score. score. Oh no, well, we'll do that. We'll <laughs> no, okay, yeah. Let's do the, the, the next stuff. Um, uh, the interlude seven. It's only forty seconds long, but I love it. I really love it. Where she goes, I'm speaking to the guy in my head, and yeah. then to the audience goes, not the bad guy. She's like, she's just talking to the producer who's in her earpiece, telling her when yeah. she can do the next song. But she's making light of this idea that she's this unhinged artist or whatever. It- it is. I. It. She's very likable in it because yeah. she's like laughing and uh, you know talking directly to the audience and stuff. And the way that she comes across is quite just really Endearing, nice, isn't it? I, I want to say cute, but that sounds like I'm being a right prick. It just sounds you know patronising. I mean? Yeah, it, just, it does. It sounds really patronising. Um, yeah, yeah. It's. It, it's. It means the whole seven hours of it is actually. It's. <laughs> it's quite. Although it's intense, it's seven like at hours. least it's. Sorry, eight hours of it is at least it's um like you're nice. in good company. Yeah, you know, you're in good company, safe pair of hands. I, um, I, I yeah. almost enjoy some of the spoken bits more than some of the songs. Yeah, just in that they're like it's just it's just interesting to sort of just hear her having a bit of a chat about stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's almost it's almost the uh, exact thing that kind of proves a point that you made about three and a half years ago or whatever when we oh were talking God. about the holy bible and you said like i would find it more interesting to read about the historical events than i would listening to any of these songs about them and it's like you would find it more interesting just to listen to lauren hill do a podcast about what she's written about than you would listening to the songs that she's written yeah, it's kind of that, right? Yeah, but you that's not universally the... true. I no, just, I it's know. not universally true because because the miseducation was good. It's just if these were the songs, yes, yeah, that's what I mean. But like Holy Bible, we said like oh, a bit one note. You know, all the songs sound the same or whatever. You, you're having the I same reaction. Wrong. I was no, wrong. I know, I, I know. But I'm just comparing wrong. it. Like we have now reached like the perfect example of what you were talking about three and a half years ago. <laughs> and like in some cases, you just prefer her talking to her singing about the things she was talking about, which I think is interesting. It's perfectly reasonable as well. Um, she, she, she plays a song called I Remember. I remember. And I do remember it. And I don't. I don't know what this song is. 
Oh yeah, this one. <laughs> when you looked into my eyes, you saw right through me. another sweet simple song could be love could be relationship probably god uh, is, are you joking yeah. i literally got a, one of my notes here just says shut the fuck up about the lord <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's, you can sing about I'm fed up with this, one note one note one note or not even a note because she can't hit him because yeah <laughs> this this is where her voice really starts yeah. to sort of degrade starts, isn't it, to, it starts to go yeah. on this one yeah but again there's just something quite yeah. Raw, unfiltered, endearing yeah. about that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you wouldn't put it on your album, but this like live thing, cool, lovely. Yeah, nice. But this is the album now. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the album. Now. I'm the album yeah. now. That's what this album. I, t- I tell you what, I, I don't have about this song. Any notes? So much things to say. Because yeah. that's the name of the next song. Yeah. Yep. See what I've done. Yeah, that's it. We'll be starting that one again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, 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 why? They've got so much things to say right now They've got so much things to say They've got so much things to say right now They've got so much things to say I'll never forget to know where they crucified Jesus Christ I'll never forget no way How they stole Marcus Garvey for riots Cover of the Bob Marley song from the album Exodus but she's put some of her own lyrics into it as well as as well as using some of Marley's lyrics um, Yeah, it's nice It is I didn't nice know it was a cover so that's something these last something. ones feel a bit like bonus tracks. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. more than In they do what anything. What? They just seem less substantial. I remember so much things to say and the conquering lion. 
seem slightly less consequential. I mean, The Conquering Lion and So Much Things to Say especially, but it just kind of starts to peter out after I get out. Um, you know, uh, it, it's kind of on a slight downward trajectory energy-wise from Mystery of Iniquity, which kind of makes you go yeah. like, whoa! And then, yeah. uh, well, not exactly like that. but <laughs> no, no, it did. But, yeah, it did. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. They just they feel a little tacked on. They feel like the songs that don't usually make it to the album. Like yeah, maybe. I've I've seen MTV unplugged things, you know, and like I said, like you get the leaked versions and they've chucked in a few covers at the end and they don't make the cut, you know? Yeah. And so she's chucked in a few little things at the end, but they've made the cut. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. all here. This is the unfiltered, this is the reality of this recording session, you know, this is what she wanted to present. Um I don't have so much things to say about it, to be honest. Hey, that is good. And I've done it hey, that's a second good. time. I've done it a second time. Which is um, that's how you know it's good when I use it a second time, and and again it really is unfiltered and raw because the end of this song is actually quite difficult to listen to when she just she just loses her voice mm-hmm. like it's just it's, yeah, it's gone it's, it sounds painful mm. um, but that's the reality it, it, of it goes man. it's the reality it feeds into all of that sort of thing doesn't it yeah this is Lauren Watson all who is Lauren Watson all. It's quite difficult, like, if I'm friends with you guys. <laughs> Shall break every chain. The conquering lion. Shall break every chain. Give him the victory. Again and again like a little mood kind of like a little palate cleanser before the end and it ends on a real religious note guys because of course the lion is a representation of god baby jesus uh you know the the lion and the lamb the intimidating power of the lion being used for good through jesus's um magic is that what it is <laughs> we're not Magic. we're not I very mean, well versed in the scriptures no. is that the way he did oh the miracles that's it sorry <laughs> magic 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 in it. <laughs> sorry yeah I, imagine going to a magic show and he just but he says that he's performing miracles he's making flowers come out the end of a wand he's like that's a miracle Steve that's not that difficult mate I've been to a David Copperfield show He's exactly cheesy enough that he would describe his magic as miracles. That's yeah. true. And, and He's I, exactly that level of cringe. Did we ever locate the Statue of Liberty? Did he put it back? Or he put it, he did it Lucas, he did it is this show where you were really close to the front and he saw you <laughs> laughing at him? He fucking he hated us. You. He, he made eye contact with you laughing at his show. Oh, he no. literally, it wasn't a very big show. He, guess what? Copperfield doesn't get one of the bigger arenas in Vegas anymore. Quite no small. way. It's tables. It's sitting around tables, sort of, if you want to get an idea of scale, is everyone's yeah, yeah. sitting with a little table, you know, and there's like drink service. It's not like that a nice. re- doesn't arena really, with It doesn't really give me an idea of scale because you haven't told me how many tables there are. But it's not... Hey, Adam, the tables <laughs> are not, massive. You know, it's not like rows of tiered <laughs> seats situation, you know? Who's she? It's a club vibe. Who's rows what? of tiered seats? 
Well, that's nothing. That's not That anything. is showing how much we have to say it about the something. conquering lion, isn't it? it is because something. Adam, this is the only note I've written. <laughs> this is the only note I've written for the conquering lion. Bongos. Oh yeah, of course, drums, drums, isn't it? Uh, yeah. She's basically giving Jesus his flowers. Uh, she's saying, "Give him victory, and he'll break all of our chains and all of that stuff." And that's pretty much what she says on the outro, which is the last track of this album. She tells everyone to get free, and she says she's emotionally unstable, and that's okay. Uh, what did you guys think of the album? Let's let's sum it up here. It is an interesting little curio, isn't it? We've we've talked about it before, but the fact that she chose to release this. Whether subsequently she doesn't release an album after this is is by the by. This came out next as has her album. Is, or are rather, the circumstances surrounding the album more interesting than the album itself? Yes. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, there's all of that. The fact that it comes out really raw. um, It's very impressive lyrically. Um, It's extremely personal. It really shows off her, yeah, like I said, just, what was your, Lauren Wartsonall, that's her name. Yes. It Lauren shows Watson. off Lauren Wartsonall. Um, that said, is it an album I'd listen to again? Nope. Um, with maybe one or two exceptions of, like, a song of it. Um, You're never going to do the whole thing again from front to back. Never, no, not at all. No, no, no. I found I'd never going to listen songs. to any of it ever again. Uh, an hour and 40 of the same thing is a bit much, isn't it? Um it's definitely one of the harder things I've had to review on the podcast, 100%. I mean, um, I'm, you're describing our fucking podcast as well. This is the thing. Well, Hour and yeah. 40 minutes of the same old The shit. same, same yeah. thing. Same old bollocks. Here's um, something. But it was... <laughs> hey, that's good. That's good, Lucas. Oh, no, come on. It, what was fun was this was very different for us to do. This is this is totally different to what we've done before. Um, yeah. So I have no idea how to, to score it. Um because it is a bit dull, but it's quite like good at what she's doing. But it's a bit. I I think it's testament to its kind of dullness that I think we went into the miseducation with a reasonable amount of is is a reverence the right word reverence reverence yeah the opposite of what you mean of reverence yeah. about it and I was like I was came into this episode quite ready for. Adam to love it and for me to feel really bad that I so nothing it. Luckily, mm. Adam's not, you know, not so hot on it. Or, you know, you know well. what I mean? But you know what I mean? You're not being as uh, reverent to it as, as maybe I, I expected. But it almost is testament to its its repetitiveness and kind of one-noteness that we have done quite a lot of bits and we've tangented quite a lot and just, it, it just it, this whole thing's been quite loose because... It's just not a huge amount to, to sort of get into, you know? Yeah, but then yeah. also, it's pleasant enough, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, It's yeah. perfectly pleasant, for but sure. So is, like, just going on Spotify and searching, like, generic spa music. Yeah, I mean, it's not that, though. It's, I mean, I don't, Steve? No, no, no. I'd much rather listen to the spa music. Score this fucking album. Give us your highlights. Uh, I'll do lowlights first. Uh, like... Some of them, <laughs> like Mr. Intentional and like O Jerusalem, for example. One, one of the ones where it's just no rapping, yeah, uh, singing over the same four chords for nine minutes, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, highs, Mystery of Antiquity and like Freedom Time. 
Okay. Did you say mystery of antiquity? In iniquity. Okay, cool. Good to That's what that. I said. And yeah, you I'll, can't prove it otherwise. I'll try and splice it in, mate. I'll try and splice it in. I'll give you another one. Yeah, go give it clean. Antiquity. Oh, oh damn no. it. Okay, well, I've done okay. it wrong. <laughs> well, you're going to put that over when I say iniquity now. <laughs> How the fuck do I score this? I think, like, as a... As a thing, it's so interesting and all the stuff around it and how she's come, like, it's so personal. All of that gives it quite a lot of clout mm. for me. Um, where, but but then it, I think, like, this is Dece. Okay. I think De- it's De- six what? out of ten. Dece nuts. Oh, lovely. Six out, out of ten. Six out of ten. Lovely. Um, which, is, which is mad considering the songwriting on this is insane and the lyricism is insane. This is the thing the that way it's I'm, packaged. Yeah, that's the thing I'm loads. struggling with. Um, yeah, like the, the week leading up to this episode, writing down all my research and notes and whatever, I was just like, don't know, don't know how I'm going to talk about this album. I don't know what this yeah. this episode looks like. I don't know yeah, what same. is going to yeah. happen. Uh, Lucas, what are you making of it? I reckon you're going to go lower than a six. I I can confirm that. Um, Whoa. Yeah, Lower. I just I just like there's nothing like I can't criticize it and say it's bad. It's just one thing that's fine mm. musically, lyrically. There's a lot more going on, but just that's not something I'm enormous. You know, I care as much about what. And that lyrically, and that thing, the lyrical thing is also, that's also one note to an extent. Yes, yes. Less than the sonics, but still a reasonable amount, it's one note. Yeah. The sonics. So, like, yeah, like, The Miseducation had so much to it, so many interesting, like, sounds, and, and it was just a cool album, and there was just, like, I enjoyed listening to it, even though I've already forgotten what loads of the songs are about. Sure. But, like, I could put them on and go, I enjoyed this one, good song. Good fun song. Good song. Do you know what's actually funny is I've been listening to this album a lot and yet I've been walking around my house singing uh, Zion. Uh, what, what's the full, whatever the full title is. Uh, to Zion. You got close. To Zion. Yeah. I've been walking around singing that, not on the album I've been listening to. Back no, to back. no, no, no. But that's a bop. It's because it ends on something about a lion. <laughs> <laughs> and I think your brain has made connections. Yeah. I'm not even kidding Steve, because I've been doing the I same think, thing. I Lucas. think you think I've gotten to the end of this album more times than I have. <laughs> this is the first time you heard it (laughs) um so yeah you know definitely like the most difficult i found anything we've done that's main feed yeah uh, because it really feels like the sort of supplementary content we would normally do you know we put a bit less thought into and we don't cover every track and we pick a few standouts and we do it but we've covered the whole thing and had to listen to it with the depth of the whole thing uh honestly think it's my least favorite thing we've covered on this pod in terms of main feed stuff interesting is that surprising especially now certain manix albums and stuff have grown on me right yeah, like, yeah, yeah. again that's not oh i don't know fucking generation terrorist is pretty shit isn't it <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah but there's but i still there's still more on that i enjoy <laughs> uh, listening to yeah, i guess yeah. so i'm almost reverting back to like season one lucas of like oh but i don't enjoy it so it could fuck off but there's just so little for me to get grab onto um but recognize she's doing something interesting i'm sure it was great to see live i'm sure there's a lot to i'm sure it was really an enjoyable experience to be there for etc 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 but like i don't know fucking four subpar okay yeah i tell you what higher than i thought you were gonna go i I was still thinking there because i might go 3.5 
Okay, okay, you do what you like, mate. You do what you like. Give us some highs and lows, though. Uh, and then yeah, three, 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 four, 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 four. All right. Um, I've already what closed my. Fun? I've already closed my notes. Um, what, what, what? Uh, the, 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 the ones on the Kanye song. Good. Yep. yep. Mister mystery of that one. Yeah, mystery and master, master of iniquity. Yeah. And between uh, the both of us, we got it. I think. Yeah, yeah. and uh, just want you around because of the ascending guitar. Yeah, cool. And these are ones that you like, yeah. They're the highlights. Low lights, probably everything else, like nah. or, or like you know something towards the end or, or something yeah, like just that, something right? towards the end. Like, I remember and the conquering lion, just because at that point I've switched off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. But Fair also, enough. I'm not stressing over my highs and my lows because, like, I don't really care. Right. Okay. Great. <laughs> That's the thing. Like compared to most albums, where at least I have kind of a strong feeling. On this one, I'm just like, I don't really care. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I do feel bad though. I do feel bad that it's a short season. There's not a huge amount of content in it, and I did feel bad being like, I'm going to go into this episode quite negative because it's not like Manix, where like, yeah, I can shit on an album, but then like three more or whatever. Right. It's like there's two albums, and I've I've largely shat on one of them. But I'd like to think I was positive enough on the miseducation. You, you did the same thing with uh, Billy. That's fine. I don't think I was as negative on as ha- on happier than ever as I was. With more just more or less the same score. Uh, we need to reassess Billy then. Okay, great. Okay, we'll okay. look forward to that on the Patreon, guys. Uh, look, okay, my thoughts on this album. It's long. Don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. Uh, mm. But I, I think there's a lot of stuff on it to to like i i like most of that stuff the stuff that i like i like more in theory than i do in practice you know what i mean yeah Yeah. um that's a good way of putting it it's it's not an album that i'm going to return to again and again mainly because of of the form of it it's too long it's too unwieldy but also the form of it is something that i really and i'm not going to use the word like i'm going to use the word admire um nice albums like these these kind of like artists doing acoustic things they get played at dinner parties you know that the the laid back soulful acoustic music kind of stuff yeah a big part of that market caters to people who want it to just kind of wash over them you cannot play this at a dinner party (laughs) because she's made sure that not only is she singing about heavy subjects she's interrupting it all to speak directly to you about the heavy subjects it forces an active listen you cannot put this on like from front to back for a passive listen i don't think which probably means i won't listen to it that much um but also that's very much something that i like about it you know i think that's cool um and i also think the songs are very well written they're very dense and the project in general i think is cool i think the idea is cool it doesn't always come off for me uh, I also think it was, I think it was quite ahead of its time, but I'm going to get into that in a, in a little in a little bit. Uh, and I think you just can't really deny the artistry that is going on, uh, even if it's presented in a bit of an unwieldy, intimidating, slightly exhausting package. Uh, my lowlights. I'm going to cheat. Intro and outro. Sue me. Oh no. My oh, highlights. <laughs> My highlights. Yeah. Uh I got a fine peace of mind and I get out. And my score, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. 
that is it's quite high. I think it's higher good. than what I would imagine based on what That's you said. Good. I think it's good. I think it's just solidly good. But I'm never going to listen to it again. Bear in mind also, we haven't talked about some of the reasons that I like this album yet. Oh. 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 Hello. Just a quick bit to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it and then for seven days you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months you can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find it's charged monthly and during any month as part of that biggest mates tier you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every monday you'll get a brand new episode of our new manic street preacher show every month two episodes every month of the ultimate playlist our themed playlist show where we talk about all kinds of different music different artists different genres different eras and one or two bonus episodes every month depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. When it was released, it debuted and peaked at number three in the Billboard 200, and it reached the lofty heights of number 40 in the UK. Uh, It has since gone platinum in the US, which means that it has sold around a million copies there. Uh, In total, it sold around 5% of the copies that Miseducation sold. Um, Here are some things. Here are some things. <laughs> Here are some things that uh, the reviewers of the time said about it. I've got a little smorgasbord of quotes for you. Perhaps the most bizarre follow-up in the history of popular music. Uh, exhausting. Messy and inconsequential. A handful of powerful moments outweighed by repetitious rambling. One of the worst albums ever released by an artist of substance. Sparse and grueling. But also, there were some reviews that called it a radical and bold change in direction, fascinating, contains unflinching presentation of ideas and of a person, and someone else called it beautifully sincere. So it was mixed, let's call it Mm. mixed, uh, probably trending towards negative, but I think some of that is just from the sheer disappointment of it. You've got to remember she was following up The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, one of the best-reviewed, best-selling albums of all time. Um, Mystery of Iniquity was nominated for Best Female Rap Solo Performance at the Grammys, but it didn't win. Um, Now, those reviews and the stuff I was talking about before the album, the stuff she talks about during the album, have we heard that story before? Well, as in a second album didn't really... It was a bit strange. Artist rises to prominence with an incredibly popular, well-reviewed, genre-defining album. Okay, computer. 
Yeah, artist catapulted yeah. to fame and adulation. Yeah. Artist reacts very negatively to that, behaves erratically, yeah. starts questioning what is the point of it, what's it all for, yeah. releases yeah. a follow-up that was nothing <laughs> like people were expecting and has huge fuck-you energy. The album is released to mixed reviews, with some saying it's weird and one of the worst albums ever released, and other people saying that it's fascinating and beautiful. Yeah. I think the common consensus on Kid A is probably generally a bit higher, though, right? It is now. Like, do you remember what, you know, a lot of people said it was one of the worst albums ever released. That's Very big negative sort of like critical reception to Kid A. Big negative critical reception to this. Over time, the critical evaluation of Kid A has, yeah, gone up into one of the greatest albums ever made. Do you think that happened here? No. Kind of. Oh, kind uh, kind have. It's you know, kind of. <laughs> It's it's been reassessed over the years, and some of the conversation refers to it almost like a document. Like, oh, it's interesting that you can watch this artist have a breakdown and it's all on tape, which I think is broadly unfair, but it's an interesting thing to point out. Others have said that it was wildly ahead of its time, not in sound, because, duh, like, obviously, but yeah. in how it, like, tackles its subject matter. And so you kind of need to place it into two contexts. One, when it was released, and then also now. It was released in 2002, yeah? And she talks about injustice, freedom, liberty, in ways that we talk about them now. And she also talks about the importance of self-care, reconciling her identity with what others expect of her. And she talks about the importance of truth, or being true, or being authentic. And I think that's a very 2020s mindset. Lucas, you even said, like, the stuff that she's talking about, you could apply it to now. It kind of anticipates the kinds of relationships that we have with each other. And it kind of anticipates the kinds of relationships a lot of people have with musicians these days. I know, Lucas, you've you've said that maybe people don't engage with lyrics or context as much as I think they do or you know, whatever, most people don't. I I think most people don't. I think you're probably right. But if you look at the fan bases today for artists like Taylor Swift, Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, they are quite heavily based on this sort of parasocial relationship that gets built up through the lyrics and the context of each album that they release. And these fan bases pour over the lyrics word by word, and they share on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram what they think each line means, which real relationship or event each one could be referencing, and how it correlates to interviews that the artists have been giving in the promotion of that album. And now it's part of the business model that fans need to feel as though they are a part of that artist's world, right? Like they're in on the stories. They understand all the references. They're in direct conversation with the songs. And I think that conversation is 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 a part of all music, but it feels especially prevalent in music fandom at the moment. And it's why, if you've listened to our Ultimate playlist uh, over on our Patreon, we talked about Gale recently. It's why people like Gale get through, because the listener appeared to be part of the story of her success, right? And that that confessional aspect, that kind of raw aspect that you hear in Taylor Swift songs, where she's talking about 
her relationships and you feel like she's confiding in you, you feel like she's telling you a secret, that very real aspect is all over this Lauren Hill performance. It just wasn't part of how pop artists engaged with their audience in 2002. The latest Ed Sheeran album that was released this year was specifically marketed as these are my most personal and most stripped-back songs yet. And people are invested in the story of Adele as much as they are invested in her music. You know, her personality is undeniably a big part of her success. And there are any number of artists working today where if they release a stripped-back, highly confessional album, complete with spoken word sections that delved into how the songs related to their struggles people would absolutely fucking lap it up. And I know this because Taylor Swift did it. She released a stripped-back performance of an entire album um, called Folklore, and in between she explains what the songs are about and how they're written, and people fucking love it. Cannot get enough of it. Some of that is also that today that is seen as brave, and as though Taylor Swift and other people who do this are destigmatizing these mental health issues and you know you're you're like owning your struggles and we've had that rise like that you talked about lucas of of social media that rise is pretty much complete now isn't it and we have delved further than ever into sharing our identities with people en masse you know which has also caused this... <laughs> that you think we've reached the peak. <laughs> oh, well, I know. Right, I know. Maybe. You'll look back at that in five years' time and go, fucking hell, I wish people would just as kept well, it in their pants as much as they did five years ago. Well, no, but it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, it's we've already seen the schism that it causes uh, between your actual identity and how you'd like to be perceived. And we're now seeing the subsequent self-care movement with more people than ever like rejecting the ideas of social media and the ideas that it pushes onto our society. And we're acknowledging the effect that that has on a person's mental health. And we're calling for mental health issues to be destigmatized so that people can talk about them freely. And this album predates a lot of that. And in the album, you can hear that whole cycle of everything I've just talked about play out. Mm. Like Lauren becomes a glo- global icon, feels she needs to play into that role, has a complete identity crisis, comes to the conclusion that she's going to be who she is rather than what people want her to be, confronts that idea on an album, rejects the idea that her emotional instability should be stigmatised by people or recognised as anything other than totally human, and then talks and sings about that. And then what do people do? They stigmatise it. They go, don't bother listening to this album because she's crazy. And actually... The things that she's talking about are really potent and relevant and ahead of their time. It's actually kind of completely radical. Uh, and when, com- when people come, like, come back to it, when people listen to it now, they hear all of that instead. Instead of all the people that were going, don't listen to this new album because she's crazy, they hear Lauren saying, I'll tell you everybody's in the same mess. We all are. I know that. I'll be the first to tell you I'm a mess. Every day I'm trying to learn how I can be less of a mess. And they hear Lauren saying... We give rise to the ego by being insecure. And they hear Lauren saying, this is who I am, and I have to be who I am, and all of us have a right to be who we are. And I think that that sentiment is really now, like, more relevant than ever. And isn't that what we've consistently discovered about albums that we all rate quite highly, that they remain relevant, Mm -hmm. that they, like, speak to you from 
years or decades earlier or that they reflect or sometimes predict how we feel now. Um, and I think that's interesting. At the time, this was, as I say, kind of radical in its sentiment and delivered kind of societal ideas in this very stripped-back, potent way. And I don't see the difference between this and an early Bob Dylan album. Lauren just went backwards. She went acoustic instead of going electric. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, of course, the ripples of Dylan going electric, you can see them all throughout music that followed as more and more people kind of cottoned on to what Bob Dylan was doing. And in hip-hop, you can see it from this album. People started addressing the things that Lauren addressed on this album, started looking inward, rapping about their emotions more readily than they did before, more kind of easily rejecting that style of rapping that was just about how great you are and the things that you own. And I don't think you get Drake or Kanye or Beyonce without this album. And I know the miseducation has a big part of it, but this feels so raw and personal. You know, Beyonce has said that this album specifically was a big influence on how she writes songs. Her sister Solange said that this album directly inspired her album A Seat at the Table, which was a big album for her. When Kanye West was making his first album, The College Dropout, he said that MTV Unplugged Number 2.0 was like the Bible for me. Um, and I've seen people like Leanne Le Havis and Georgia Smith say that it inspired them to pick up the guitar and not just sing or rap, to be a part of that compositional aspect as well, you know, in the same way that Lauren was for this album. The thing is, all of that stuff comes with the questions that we still haven't answered, we still have from the beginning, which is, is this her second album? Was this the intention for the songs? Would they be recorded again? Uh, she could, in theory, release a bunch of these, these songs still, right? Because yeah. we haven't heard from her. In she could officially do a second a album, yeah. She could. I mean, all the, all the stuff you're saying about, and it's true, I didn't really consider it in that context, because, yeah, her being like quite upfront and and honest isn't too shocking to us in 2023 yeah. especially as pe- especially as three people that are pretty upfront and honest about feelings exactly um but now you mention it in the context yes that is actually quite a lot although take the songs themselves and take out all of the chat on stage much less so I would say still pretty I th- honest. I think you have. To, I think it's still there, but you'd have to dig for it. And you'd here have to dig she just, quite a lot. She eliminates all doubts. Yeah, which you'd is, have to dig quite you know, a lot. And there's a lot of metaphor, and there's a lot of you know. There's a little bit of like religious um, sort of hmm, metaphor going on in some, some places. Religious imagery in a few places. She uses some religious imagery, but real imagery. Yeah, the main thing sure. is just the um, the it's the, it's what she's saying on stage. Actually, is it's kind of the more remarkable thing, almost. But that's what people listen to now. You know, you, you, you send me those TikToks uh, that are very good of people doing impressions of Taylor Swift introducing her songs. Oh, they're yeah. funny. Uh, yeah. but, but people hang on every word of those descriptions. This is a song I wrote about this person when this happened to me and whatever. They lap that shit up. Even they, though they're like flowery yeah, bollocks. Nothing. It's nothing. But it's the, doc- nothing. The, the documentary she did has a lot of that stuff and her talking about how she wrote folklore and stuff that people well, loved. You know? And there's that uh, Louis Capaldi, Louis, Louis Capaldi, Louis Capaldi. Recently, recently did that documentary on Netflix yep. uh, and everything, and it endeared a lot of people towards him, uh, you know, and the, and the art, and the artwork is his, him in his pants. Yes. If, 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 a, you know, a bunch of artists released this album, like Lauren Hill did, they'd love it. Yeah. Which is why I think people come back to it and look much more positive upon it now, because she's just, once again, ahead of her time uh, the interesting thing about the questions that we asked about the intention for the songs and will they be recorded and is there a second album those were questions that were hanging around at the time 
now that we're in 2023, we know the answer to those things, which is, it's kind of her second album. She intended to record them for a studio album, and she never got there. Um, I wonder if the reappraisal of the MTV performance would have happened earlier if she then released a studio album with the songs on. Or I wonder if it would have happened at all, because if she had continued to release albums, like you said, Lucas, wouldn't have even covered this. Well, I think we maybe would have. I think I reckon we'd, we'd have, have done have a commentary the for the video. Commentary for the video, yeah, yeah, exactly. What we'd have done. It would have been. It would have been a footnote. But now it's a definitive statement. Although it would have been a weird footnote because it came out first, which still would have been weird, right? Still, still weird. It still but... would have been like noteworthy. Like imagine we covered "Send Away the Tigers," but before "Send Away the Tigers" came out, there was an acoustic "Send Away the Tigers" album. A bad example because the acoustic songs <laughs> off that album are the, the same. But what, what, what I would say is that it's not hugely different to us watching Radiohead perform in 2006 and play eight songs off of In Rainbows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, b- before that album came out. Um, yeah. But it, it's not a footnote. It's a definitive statement. And not, yeah. not just for the songs, but for her career, really. Because it's more or less the last thing that she released. Or more or less the last thing that people are aware she's released en masse, you know. So what has she been up to since? Well, she didn't tour the album, obviously, because, you know. There wasn't one. Yeah, exactly. She continued to work in the studio in Miami. The slightly erratic behaviour continued. She continued to be guided by Brother Brother Anthony. It had her friends and collaborators really questioning what this was all about. And I have some quotes of the conclusions of of some of them. this is an associate who, who said, really, it's about restructuring her life and her lifestyle. I think maybe for a long time, she thought she knew what she wanted, but in reality, she didn't. She's going to come through it, but she doesn't think anything's wrong with her. She used Brother Anthony to get rid of stuff in her life that she didn't want to struggle with. She used him to her advantage. Then she went too far, and she doesn't know how to come back. It'll be a process. It'll be a couple of years. Uh, one of her friends said she wants to do another album. Deep down, Lauren is still Lauren. She always wanted to be famous. She always wanted to sing. She always wanted to hear the applause. That's what she grew up to do. So to now not want it, that's not believable. She wants it the way Brother Anthony thinks it should be. His opinion is the only opinion that matters to her. Praz was also there, uh, and he said, sometimes people got to find themselves, ma'am. I don't believe that that's crazy. People go through certain things, they have to fight certain demons, and she's entitled to do that, because her life isn't to please people. At the end of the day, Lauren is not happy with herself. She's not going to do some album, because she's got to make money for Sony. It just so happens that she's done something that captured a moment in people's lives. They want more of that, and he's referring to miseducation, but she's not ready to give that. Um, Those quotes were all taken from 2003, uh, where MTV Unplugged has come out, but she's still working on this second album. Columbia said it would be out in 2004, at that point having already spent $2.5 million uh, making it. Um, Lauren shut down her non-profit refugee project because she was no longer passionate about it. She was not going to be doing anything because she felt she had to. She described that notion as slavery. In 2003, in December, she performed in Vatican City and from the stage made reference to rape and sexual abuse of young boys by Catholic priests and the subsequent cover-up by Catholic church officials. She spoke about the corruption, exploitation and abuses, which is a rad thing to do when you're performing in Vatican City. 
especially when she herself is very religious. So she's yep. not gone for like the oh no, I'm pretend. Put my she was she was performing sort of in Vatican City in front of the high ranking church officials. She was talking about, uh, and then reports came out a few days later that she had said it because Ant- brother Anthony had told her to. Um, in 2004, Lauren Hill contributed a song to the tie-in album for a movie yeah. that I did not know had a tie-in album, but it makes so much sense that she contributed to it. The Mask with Jim Carrey. No. It's weird. Oh. Ha- the That's Passion me- of the Christ. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah. There's a tie-in uh, soundtrack album for Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. Um, why, why did I have it in my head that she did a song for Surf's Up? She did. She did. She, she did. did. Is that also a thing later. that happened? That is later. Right. I don't have a clip of the Surf's Up one because you can't really find it. But I will play a bit of The Passion by Lauren Hill. Oh. There's some interesting stuff. There's some interesting stuff going on in there, man. I mean, if, if maybe that's what they were talking about when people are like, oh, she's doing things that people have never even thought about. Because there's not a lot of music from the 2000s that sounds like that, you know? What what year was Miss Education again? 98. 98. So this is six years after. Like, know? oh, uh, it's so weird that people at this point, like, so she's not fully sort of stopped because she's still doing these little bits and bobs. Yeah. People must have been like, are you... Yeah, are you? What are you are doing? You, are you done? Are you like, doing another round? Is she touring? <laughs> is she doing any live gigs during any of this? Not at window? the moment. But what what she is doing is she is doing stuff like um, she began selling a pay per view music video of a new song called Social Drugs, which I can't find because this is the only place that you could get it. It was fifteen dollars, and that meant you could watch it three times. What? Oh. Uh, she also began selling autographed posters and Polaroids that she'd taken for about five hundred dollars. Um, and then I thought money didn't mean anything. Well, and there, well, when you owe your bandmates five oh, million dollars, right. you know that lawsuit is a big thing. Uh, in September two thousand and four, the Fugees reunited on stage for Dave Chappelle's block party, and they played a handful of other shows, which included new material. And then announced that they would be touring in two thousand and five and recording a third album, all three of them back together. Um, the reunion lasted one European tour before the tensions resurfaced and became too much. They split up again before a new album could be recorded. Prowse and Wyclef uh, blamed Lauren, saying she was almost always late or unavailable and that she made everyone on the crew and her bandmate, and her bandmates address her as Ms. Hill. From that point onwards, she becomes known as Ms. Lauren Hill. Um, so that all reads to me like maybe she needed some money. <laughs> Like no, no doubt the lawsuit settlement kind of hit her a bit hard, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Do you know what would have been a good yeah. way to get some money? Release an album. Release a second album. Yeah, almost certainly. Uh, after the Fuji's broke down again, she started to tour on her own with right mixed success. She had okay. now gone to the other end of the spectrum from "I used to dress up for you all, now I don't do that." She now wore huge costumes and 
outfits, huge ball gowns, exaggerated pieces of clothing. She had this hugely exaggerated appearance. The show's... She she reworked and reimagined a lot of her most famous songs in very unpopular ways. Um, she often arrived late to the concerts. She was regularly two hours late, sometimes more. And she became accustomed to people booing and leaving her shows before they were finished. Um, she was asked about her musical future, to which she answered this. If I make music now, it will only be to provide information to my own children. If other people benefit from it, then so be it. Uh, in 2007, Sony reported that she had returned to the studio to finish up a decade's worth of recording and will release a new album. But instead, later that year, she released a compilation called Ms. Hill, um, which collected some songs from Miss Education, also some of her soundtrack contributions, a few unreleased bits and bobs and some remixes. Uh, and during that time, Hill and Marley have their fourth and fifth child, and they have their sixth child in 2008 and then seemingly split up. I don't think they're together any longer. Um, one of the only times she was seen in public in 2008 was at a Martha Stewart book signing. As a punter? Yep. Ah, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, in April 2009, it was announced that she would go on a 10-date European tour in July that would include some festivals. On the second date, she passed out during the first few songs, refused refunds, and then cancelled the rest of the tour. Uh, she crops up at festivals here and there for a few years, including one where she played the miseducation of Lauren Hill in full, but at a much faster tempo than it was recorded. Um, <laughs> right. She she releases a few tracks here and there onto the internet, uh, including the song Black Rage uh, in October 2012. I'm going to play a little bit of that for you. Black Rage is founded on two-thirds a person Rapings and beatings and suffering and worsens Black human packages tied up in strings Black Rage can come from all these kinds of things Black Rage is founded on blatant denial Squeeze economics Silence and it's kind of an interpolation of uh, a few of my favorite things, right? These are some of my mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is. Is it from Sound of Music? Maybe, yeah, could be. Yeah, but I, I it's agree. obviously about racial injustice and uh, all of those stuff that she's obviously she's very passionate about. It reminds me very much of Nina Simone. She sounds like Nina Simone there, and I think the production is very very interesting. Um, yeah, in June 2012. She is charged by the US government with tax evasion. Uh, she posted on Tumblr that as she... <laughs> as we've she, sped up. We've, come, yeah, we've, gone, we've yeah. skipped so far ahead from we, <laughs> 2000 to she posted on Tumblr we've gone from, in about we've gone nine from, minutes. We've gone from people don't talk about their mental health to Tumblr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, she said that as she had gone underground and was no longer engaging with society. She no longer felt the need to pay taxes, which, I mean, you know, fair enough. She said she had gone underground in order to reject pop culture's climate of hostility, false entitlement, manipulation, racial prejudice, sexism, and ageism. In court, though, she pled guilty, but then made no effort to repay the taxes. And so on May 6th, 2013, she sentenced to three months in prison. Uh, At the sentencing, by way of explanation, she said, I am a child of former slaves who had a system imposed on them. I had an economic insist- I had an economic system imposed on me. 
she released a single two days before that sentencing, citing the legal deadline as the impetus to release it. And then after three months was up, she released a song that she had finished whilst in prison, giving instructions via phone and via email. Um, the last few years, she's been sporadically touring, frequently late, meaning she does 40-minute shows and then posts to her Facebook explaining that she needed to align her energy with the time or some stuff that's similar to that. Uh, in 2018, she embarked on the Miseducation 20th Anniversary Tour, which lasted a year uh, and included a stop at the 2019 Glastonbury Festival. We can't cover someone on this podcast unless they've played at Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played third Luckily, down. everyone's played Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah. She played third down on the pyramid. Uh, that's a big spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, big artist, to be fair. Yeah, um, big she- artist, but like, <laughs> but like, sounds seemingly clearly had such a tumultuous. Yeah. Uh, you know, last what would that have been at that point? Twenty years since miseducation, you would be forgiven for going. That person is a bit of a has been. That person's a bit of a one hit wonder. They're not necessarily third down on the pyramid level. But unless you're keeping up with all that stuff, you don't really know. You just know her as the person that released that classic album 20 years ago, right? Mm, uh, yeah. The running order on the pyramid went Cheryl Crow and then Bastille, then Ms. Lauren Hill, then George Ezra, and then Stormzy headlined. Um, Steve, we were at The Comet Is Coming. That's where we were. Was that what we saw? We saw that. That's when I was time. lying on the grass, high as a kite, <laughs> yeah. worried about falling off the earth. I was grasping hold of the grass thinking, what if I'm on the bottom of an airship? Yeah, lovely. Looking down at the sky. <laughs> and we were could, you? And the comic, yeah, and I was, was, and the comic was coming was playing, and it, I was having kind of a weird, nice, bad time. Yeah, a weird, nice, bad time. <laughs> a weird, nice, bad time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic. Um, well, there you go. In 2019, she contributed a studio recording of a song she'd been playing live for a long time to the soundtrack for the film Queen and Slim. And in 2021, she was asked by Rolling Stone in a very rare interview these days, if she would ever release an album again. She gave a long answer that I think is a good indication of her feelings at the moment, or at least her most recent feelings as we're aware of them. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. Here we go. The wild thing is, no one from my label has ever called me and asked how can we help you make another album, ever. With the miseducation, there was no precedent. I was, for the most part, free to explore, experiment and express. After the miseducation, there were scores of tentacled obstructionists, politics, repressed agendas, unrealistic expectations and saboteurs everywhere. People had included me in their own narratives of their successes as it pertained to my album. And if this contradicted my experience, I was considered an enemy. Artist suppression is definitely a thing. I won't go too much into it here, but where there should have been overwhelming support, there wasn't any. I began touring because I needed the creative outlet and to support myself and my family. People were more interested in breaking me or using me to battery power whatever they had going on than to support my creativity. I create at the speed and flow of my inspiration, which doesn't always work in a traditional system. I've always had to custom build what I've needed in order to get things done. 
the lack of respect and willingness to understand what that is or what I need to be productive and healthy doesn't really sit well with me. When no one takes the time to understand, but only takes the time to count the money, the fruit this process produces, things can easily turn bad. Mistreatment, abuse and neglect happen. I wrote an album about systemic racism and how it represses and stunts growth and harms before this was something this generation openly talked about. I was called crazy. Now, over a decade later, we hear this as part of the mainstream chorus. Okay, so chalk some of it up to leadership and how that works. I was clearly ahead, but you also have to acknowledge the blatant denial that went down with that. The public abuse and ostracising while suppressing and copying what I had done, with still no real acknowledgement that all of that even happened, is a lot. I continue to tour and share with audiences all over the world, but I also full-time work on the trauma, stifling and stunting that came with all of that, and how my family and I were affected. In many ways we're living now, making up for years where we couldn't be as free as we should have been able to. I had to break through a ton of untrust, resistance, greed, fear and just plain human ugliness. Little else can rival freedom for me if being a superstar means living a repressed life where people will only work with you or invest in your work if they can manipulate and control you, then I'm not sure how important music gets made without some tragic set of events following. I don't subscribe to that. Lastly, I appreciate the people who were moved by this body of work, which really represented a lifetime up to that point of love, experience, wisdom, family and community investment in me, the summation of my experience from relationships, my dreams, inspirations, aspirations and God's ever-present grace and love in my life through the lens of my 20-something but wise sage existence, lol. I dreamed big. I didn't think of limits. I really only thought of the creative possibilities and addressing the needs as I saw them at the time. I also had the support of a community of talented artists, thinkers and doers, friends and family around me. Their primary efforts seemed to be to help clear a path and to help protect. However, when you effectively create something powerful enough to move the bullshit out of the way, all kinds of forces and energies may not like that. They may seek to corrupt and discourage, to disrupt and distract, to divide and sabotage, but be, but we bore witness to the fact that this happened. A young black woman through hip-hop culture, a legacy of soul, spirit and an appreciation for education and educating others communicated love and timeless and necessary messages to the world. The music business can be an industry of entanglements where a small number of people are expected to be responsible for a very large number of people. It's hard to find fairness in a situation like that. Now, I look for as much equity and fairness as possible. I appreciate being loved for my contributions to music, but it's important to be loved for who you are as a person just as much, and that can be a delicate but extremely important balance to achieve. Experiencing that is important to me. That was her answer on whether or not she was working on another album or would release another album. Uh, so whether or not that answers the question, will there be another album, is up to you. And I would usually just ask you that now, but I also think we're heading into final thoughts territory. So actually, we'll leave it there for now. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And while we're talking about listeners, I'll dedicate this episode to Maddie Murphy. Hi, Maddie Murphy. Um, Steve's mum. It's Steve's mum. It might be Steve's mum. It might be Steve's mum. Hi, mum. <laughs> does your mum listen to the podcast? No. Oh, that's a shame. My mum does. Does she? No. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, I'm going to read Nemo. Can we, can we stomach an Nemo? Yeah. Oh, All right. Jason Branks. Hey, guys. No relation. What an amazing to ride. <laughs> no relation to what? <laughs> hey, guys. What an amazing ride. Congrats on finishing what was the most enjoyable podcast experience I've ever had. And they're talking about season four. Is it rad in your head? Uh, I thought it was about season two. You may remember me from my rambling email you read on the King of Limbs episode, which included my PDF to a friend for recommendations. I followed up as soon after as possible, but I think my next email with tattoo pictures firmly scared you off or you've been overwhelmed with emails. I will assume the former and hope for the latter. It's it's the latter. We get We got a little bit overwhelmed with emails, but I will get back and read it at some point. Anyway... Job well done. Awesome top tens. So glad Letdown made it on every list. Flan in the face. Jacob, brackets <laughs> Jason, from Nova Scotia, Canada. There we go. It's just nice. Just someone congratulating us on the season, guys, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Flan, it's just nice, you know. Yeah, More absolutely. Tell us how great we are. And that brings us to the end of another episode of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Our next episode is out next monday and we are going to provide some very insightful audio commentary mm. for all of the music videos that lauren hill did including the one with fuji's i reckon just because it'd be nice to get a chance to hear those singles again won't it yeah. be, i love lovely. that we are so beholden to our own format we've that we would do, do we'll do mm-hmm. them even for the shortest yeah. of seasons we've got to Adam, do it within that uh, because of the Passion of the Christ link, are we going to watch the Passion of the Christ in that episode? We will, of course, be providing audio commentary for Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. And, of course, also Surf's Up. Of course. Of course. Lest of course. we forget. Uh, before you come and join us for the music videos, let us know what you think of MTV Unplugged number 2.0 and this whole thing that we've been talking about, all the stuff that happened after. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at What Is Music Pod, TikTok at What Is Music. And if you want to send in something a little bit longer, you can read it out on the show. You can email us, whatismusicpod at gmail.com. And if you liked what you heard here and thought, I'd like to hear more of that, head over to our Patreon page where you'll find all kinds of extra podcast shows. We're revisiting Manic Street Preachers. We're exploring all kinds of different artists, genres, eras to make themed playlists. We've got bonus commentaries, music discussion episodes, ad-free episodes of this show, an amazing Discord community, and the inescapable pressure that comes with the acknowledgement of the fact that your life is getting shorter by the day. Head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod. Follow the link in the show notes if you like. You'll get up to two podcast episodes Every bloody single bloody week. And there are other ways that you can support us if you'd like to. Buy some of our merchandise at whatismusicpod.redbubble.com. Send us a little one-off donation over on coffee.com, ko-fi.com slash whatismusic. However, the best way to support us is just doing what you're doing right now, which is listening to us. And you can rate the show. You can subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. All of that stuff that podcasts ask you to do. We are a podcast and we're asking you to do it. That about does it. Thanks again for listening. No interaction required on this one because that's the end of the episode, ready or not. <laughs>